Well, good evening, everyone. Welcome to our latest episode of Toaster Talk on the Toast Network. Today morning, we had an exciting race, a race that refused to end. We had world champions on the podium, not a sight that we have been used to in the recent past. But with all that excitement, I've got a bunch of panelists with us. Let's hear out what will happen today with the number of restarts and I will hold on to hear what our panelists have to say. Uh, we've got a couple, uh, we've got a new face today. Hey, Sunny, welcome aboard. Uh, do you want to let our viewers know which team have you historically you. been supporting? Well, hi, good evening, everybody. Happy to be here. Excited to be a part of this podcast and interact with you guys as well as the audience uh, for every race. I've been a Formula One fan since uh, Mika Hakkinen and Michael Schumacher dual days. So this is 20 plus years back and I've been following F1 uh, ever since. So I'm, I've been a long time fan. I really am fascinated by the technology. Um, of late, I've been a big fan of Red Bull Racing, uh, especially when Ricardo and Verstappen were teammates. So we're looking at about five or so years back. At that time, Red Bull were, were not the they were still the, uh, the occasional podium here and there. So I was a big fan of Red Bull since those days. But of course, now I might have to find a new team because I don't think Red Bull needs any support anymore. <laughs> They're just, uh, you know, so talk about really, uh, you know, the discussion. Oh, thanks for that. Uh, someone who we have come in after a while, sort of uh, in line with the resurgence of Mercedes. Welcome back, Twinkle. <laughs> hey, everyone. Good evening. Um, so, yeah, um, last year has been pretty disappointing, as everybody uh, who supported Mercedes would also agree. Um, looking at that, I think today was extremely exciting. We did see some pace. Uh, of course, we also saw some reliability issues with George's car. So, um, I wouldn't say this was an all-in exciting weekend. But, uh, yeah, a, a podium finish for Lewis. I guess that's what we celebrate nowadays. So I, I'll take that. Cool. Uh, we'll talk more about that. Uh, but welcome back, Naren and Vignesh. What are the key highlights for you from the race this weekend? Naren, you can kick off. Probably let Vignesh start. Okay, if I can. Yeah, sure. Uh, my perspective, uh, it was a mixed bag. I would say because we had a lot of new people coming on the board. There was a lot of um, uh, discussions, but uh, we also saw a few uh, few things that has happened the race after the race about how there are a lot of red flags. I think uh, this red flag is probably the most this season. So it was mixed bag, but yeah, happy for all the, the results uh, that has happened. How about you, Vignesh? Yeah, so I would say that okay, um, I was very excited uh, at the end of the race because after 2012, this is the first time when you can see all the three world champions taking the three podium spots in a race. So that was exciting for me. Also, seeing the FIA being tumbling into its own unknowns where it didn't know what to do and how not to do because it's a regular game which always excites me. 
because if FIA is clueless, I am more clueless than them. So yeah. What is your take, Sunny? The race was exciting uh, towards the end. Um, and with regards to that controversy about the red flags, the red flags, I think it's uh, damned if you do, damned if you don't for the FIA. You know, um, if you remember last year, I think it was Italy. Uh, in Italy, there was a race where they finished under the safety car and there was heavy criticism there. Why did you uh, pull the safety car? And then, of course, uh, now when you uh, do not end under the safety car, you run the red flag and restart again, there's criticism. So the, the race was fine. Uh, the start was good. Um, but with regards to the controversy at the end, I really think that uh, there's a lot of criticism that probably we, we can probably tone down the criticism because what, what else could they have done? If they do the safety car finish, they're criticized. If they don't do the safety car finish, we're having this discussion. Uh, but apart from that incident, if, you, if we look at the actual race, uh, it was actually not a, not a great race. Verstappen checked out in front. He passed Hamilton uh, at the, uh, soon after the second stint, uh, when, once the DRS was enabled. And uh, the race was actually pretty straightforward. He pulled up a gap of 15 seconds odd. And nothing much was happening. In fact, uh, I was just going through the reviews. Apparently, that, that little bit off when Verstappen went off about 10 laps before the end, he went off briefly on the grass, lost about four or five seconds. So one theory is the race was so boring, even Verstappen himself got bored and just <laughs> fell off, fell asleep and went off the, the racetrack. <laughs> yeah, so, so the race itself was okay. But of course, it was spiced up towards the end. But again, I think we're um, reading through hitting the FI a little bit too much uh, about this. Uh, shout out to Michael Massey, who was in the room in the house today. So FIA had to meet up to his standards. And they also tried to give him a <laughs> refresher Abu Dhabi Grand Prix recap. <laughs> but apart from the... I don't think... Back, sorry. Yes, sorry, go ahead. I think... The race directors, what we have right now, I don't think they're doing anything greater than what Michael Massey was doing. I think he was fine at the job. I think he was the scapegoat. No, that's true. I mean, we've already seen that over the... Well, he single-handedly had to handle a lot of stuff. Now that we have more folks delegated, we are just seeing even more chaos. Just shows how much more complicated the place is. And the question for all of you is, should we even have these rules in play then? Like with the rules, it's equally complicated. Remove the rules, it'll be jungle law and survival of the fittest. Um, I believe, uh, see, the rules are put in place for the safety. But then, right, too much of rules makes the sports monotonous and boring. As a fan, what I request is that, okay, a good finish of race towards the end. If you are putting it under the safety car, like how, what it happened today, the safety car went in and as they said, it was a rolling start, but supposedly it was actually under the finishing under safety cars. There was no change in the um, what were the positions because you cannot overtake until uh, the you cross the line. Now, there might be some tweaks which I would love is like, okay, once the safety car goes inside the pit, you can race to the finish. And what that brings is a dogfight. And to a level, we should give the drivers the freedom to race. Or else, like, okay, they'll be also, yeah, it's Mario Kart. We don't care. We'll just go. We'll come. It's like a monotone routine for them. Give them something to play for. Your thoughts, Frank? I think, 
Yeah, I, I don't think the problem is having or not having rules. I think the one thing everybody who watches F1 has been complaining about for, for the last many years is the lack of consistency because there are rules but there's no implementation. Uh if you if you implement different rules each time it just makes the viewers more frustrated, the drivers more frustrated. Nobody has any clue at the end of the day. It just looks like you have to go and do lobbying at the end. The, the drivers have to go and speak with the technical directors and, you know, do lobbying at the end of it all. So I, I don't think the challenge is having or not having regulations. It's the implementation, really. I mean, your point brings up what Carlos Sainz's message was to the team, right? Like, please, please, please let me talk to them. Tell them not to do this yeah. till I talk to them. Yeah. <laughs> mm. yeah. Oh, probably I have a point uh... Uh, to say because I, I feel that uh, the rules in F1 has a lot of gray areas which allows all the teams to argue. For example, in the last race when there was a pit, pit stop for Alonso, they said, hey, if the front jack is touching, why not the rear jack? So that is that leaves a lot of gray areas for all the teams to, uh, you know, go uh, go ahead and argue. Like, for example, even today after the race, be, before before the last red flag was there, Nico Hulkenberg from Haas was in fourth. Then he moved to seventh. After the last restart, he was put to seventh. Then uh, then uh, Haas argued saying, no, he should be fourth because he should also consider the safety car line two. So this all rules is only giving them more gray areas for all the teams to argue rather than having a fair fight. So I would say... We can probably cut down on rules, make it specific, so all the teams can do a lot together. True. Uh, to add to that point, right? See, Stroll he lost his position, and yet he was given his position after uh, during the uh, red flag restart. They didn't make any sense to me. And as you said, right, the rules are a gray area. True. F1 considers first lap incidents different as compared to the last lap. In some of the in in some of the sports, FIA has ensured that okay, the laps are not considered behind the safety car. <laughs> if that was the case, then today we would have had a racing. Mm. So yeah, they need to come up with more specific plans and ensure that okay, all, sports across have the same set of rules, with some technical exceptions maybe. Cool. Let's get into some See, of the action the that happened on the track. Are... And sorry, uh, just the last one. Sorry, yeah. No, I was going to go and to you and ask you about how Perez. Just the last point about the rules, sorry. Yes, the last point right. about the rules. A lot of the rules have been in place since maybe decades. And they've been continuing. And it's important to remember that when these rules were implemented um, back then, decades back, the cars were much smaller and the um, the racing also was very different. Now with the much bigger cars that we have, um, so for example, the, the, the rules about overtaking, right? back then, 20, 30 years back, the cars were smaller. And so the, the rules and the, this, the whole concept of leaving a space was never in question because the cars were so much smaller. But because now the cars are massive, you've got, you've got um, the side pods, the, the cars are much longer. So you, we have all of this back and forth about the overtaking, for instance. So like that, all of the rules... Um, have been in place for a long time, but they've not been able to evolve um, at the same pace of the cars because the cars are always evolving every year, but the rules cannot evolve at the same pace because very, an incident has to happen and only then will the rules be looked at. So maybe that is the reason why we have so many rule discrepancies and discussions about 
why the rules are lagging or lacking. And I think this is something that maybe the FIA needs to look at. The rules are not evolving at the same pace the cars are evolving. And I think that's consistent across uh, any field of sports or even the financial industry or anything else that you look at. So I think it's always rules have always tried to catch up with uh, what's happening, the action that's happening in the field. Uh, it's just that from an FIA perspective, I think, or as all of the fans can see, at least in the last few races, there's just a lot of drama off the field with the rules, let alone what's happening on the field, which is why I want to get back onto the field. And Sunny, I want to talk to you about Perez's one overtaking and overall race performance today. So Perez is interesting. Uh, so the thing about uh, Red Bull racing now, the car is so far ahead um, from what we've seen in the last three races. The car is so far ahead that even if uh, uh, Perez or even Verstappen has a bad day, you'd expect the car to really just come through the field and uh, uh, you know score points. However, if the, th if the field was uh, tighter, um, and if there was only a tenth or two between each um, each of the teams, then Perez's performance is actually really poor because Perez is uh, uh, qualified at the back, as we know. We don't know if that's was a technical issue or a driver issue. Red Bull have not confirmed or denied anything about that. Perez, of course, says that there was an issue, but we don't know. So uh, that remains to be seen. But we'll assume uh, at the end of the day, Perez started last. And if the cars uh, in front of him, as in the rest of the field, if they were better, then it would not have been so easy for for Perez to overtake, and uh, he would not have been able to recover to fifth, despite the safety cars and red flags, etc. So, um, yes, there was a lot of chatter about Perez uh, challenging Verstappen. I really can't see that happening for the entire duration of the of the season. Uh, you might have the odd race win here and there because the Red Bull car is so dominant. And I'm a big fan of Sergio Perez. I think he's done very well to reach the to reach the Red Bull racing, and you know, to to reach this level is amazing. And uh, especially from his, uh, from the position that he was in two years back where he did not have a drive. So I'm a really big fan of Perez and I really wish he does well. But if I, if you were to critically analyze Perez's performance, it was very Bottas type in during Bottas's days in Mercedes. If the cars were tighter, Perez would be nowhere. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Which brings us to Mercedes, which had a mixed outing today. First up, Twinkle, I want to ask you about Hammy's performance. Um, yeah, I think, you know, we're still lacking in pace as, as is clearly evident. I mean, nowhere close to the Red Bulls, but also I think the Red Bulls have built a proper Formula 1 car compared to everybody else's really Formula 2 cars. If you look at the the, the, the distance, the gap between Verstappen and everybody else in each of the races, it's 30-40 seconds easily uh, by the end of the race. And that's literally a joke at this point of time. But um, I think despite all of that, despite there be, being a lot of drama in the track everywhere, I think Hamilton didn't make mistakes today, which is very weird to say because we have seen him make mistakes uh, off recent in some of the last races. So uh, it was great that he didn't make any mistakes this race and somehow got the podium. George really, I mean, I, I don't really know what to unlucky with the pit stop. I mean, nobody was expecting a red flag from a you know that that's generally a yellow flag kind of a scenario but nobody expected that to be a red flag and um i think it was really unlucky especially with the reliability issue as well at the end but i think i think mercedes are at par I, I, I don't know if it's fair to say at par with ferrari at this point of time but i i feel like they do have a better car than last year and probably can um 
probably can come second <laughs> in the championship maybe this year. I, I don't know, too early to say yet. I mean, you do not want to jinx Mercedes by saying that they're at par with Ferrari. But... <laughs> no, but nobody can have Ferrari. Not even George Russell. <laughs> but Naren, what are your thoughts on uh, Aston Martin's performance? Or more specifically, obviously, Alonso's got this consistency going in this season. Yeah. So, uh, like I think we told previously, even after the race, uh, he he is currently not cared about winning. He's more cared about giving a consistent performance when he was taken the podium off, given the podium again, taken the podium off. He said, okay, I don't care. I just want to go on racing. That itself shows uh, the spirit that he has towards racing. At 41 years old, he's still racing and that's what we want. Uh, given the fact that he's still performing at this level and giving a fight to the Mercs, and the Red Bulls just show the pace that he has. Probably, like how Twinkle was saying, uh, Red Bull is also, Sunny has mentioned, Red Bull are on their own league. Uh, they are, uh, I think, during the race, uh, I think the, one of the commentators say probably the next turn they will pro- fly past the other race rather than overtake. They have built a rocket ship. That's what uh, they were saying. So I would say, yeah, he can be. Just one person can't be a constructor's contender. They can be a championship contender with respect to how he's performing now. Makes sense. And Vignesh, uh, the team that we always talk about, sets expectations really high and then really screws up. Uh, I know that could mean a lot of F1 teams, but I'm specifically talking about Ferrari at the moment. See, uh, this time I would say today's race was a very decent outing. Leclerc, that was a hard luck, I would say, for Leclerc. But Carlos Sainz, right, that was a pretty decent outing till the lap number 57. He was maintaining his fourth position. If given a perfect uh, gap, he could have gone for a podium also. As I said, the 57th lap where he had a contact with Alonso, if I took it as a serious incident, I would take it as a racing incident. If that was a racing incident, he would have been in a podium and not Alonso. So, considering that perspective, I say, okay, today was not a mistake of the Ferrari team, not the mistake of the drivers. Hard luck for like luck per se. But yeah, overall, today Ferrari did their best. What screwed for them was the FIA. So, when everything was going good for the team, the FIA was there to screw them up. One fact is that, okay, I would be more than humbled to, to say that, okay, Norris and Hulkenberg have more points in Drivers' Championship than Leclerc. And that as a Ferrari, speaking from a term of a Ferrari fan, that's really hurting. There is a lot of improvements that need to be made. But today's race was over and, over and above a very good race in terms of a Ferrari fan. Means they just stayed equally disappointed. But... <laughs> Quick question I had for everyone is the 57th lap, right? That madness. Was that expected? Could could the things have been done better from an FIA perspective? Because suddenly it was just demolition derby out there. And we had cars going left, right and center. And when we did the restart, we lost a lot of players in the restart itself. So when we talk about rules and safety, this didn't clearly match up. 
but it's yeah. not the first time something like that's happened at the first lap you know very recent hungary 2021 bottas took half the field out stroll took the rest half the field out so you know it's it's not unseen i don't know what fia fia could really do about it um i know they said that they were investigating race starts i mean uh, but like one of the commentators also said would they just investigate themselves and what is there to investigate really so i don't i don't know i don't get the i don't get the fuss about it but yeah got uh, sunny you I have can something probably yeah after sunny i can probably say yes go on please uh yeah twinkle but uh, hungary 2021 it's a little different because i remember that was a, a rainy day in hungary so they were all starting on inters and the track was greasy and wet which is the reason why there was a lot of chaos so that is a little different incident with regards to today i think and verstappen even pointed this out in the post race uh, conference uh, uh, press conference so the psychology of uh, max verstappen psychology is i don't mind losing a place or two at the start because the car is so strong i i know that i'll get it back verstappen is saying from from his perspective i know i can i can get back two three places so even if i lose those places at the start i'm not bothered now it is the reverse for the other drivers because they know that they won't have the car to that verstappen has and they won't be able to overtake so if there if there is any opportunity it has to be done right now because there simply won't be any other opportunity later on so i think no matter what safety features or rules are implemented you can't overlook the driver psychology if you put yourself in the driver's shoes and you know that just the starting uh, of the race is your perhaps only chance to make any progress because you don't have a strong car to overtake you have to go for it because then if because if you don't then you'll be questioned for the team by the team by for not taking opportunities or not producing the results so i think that is where the problem is the cars are uh, so far apart and it's so it's still not easy to overtake and uh, the the performance gap between the leaders and the the midfielders and the performance gap is so wide that these chances and risks there is simply no other option and they have to take it i think that's a, that's a very good perspective you bring about and i know narain you had a point you wanted to bring in i would like to take in uh, one of the examples of baku 2021 where we had a late restart and uh, then we still had a standing start and uh, we saw how perez won that race uh, probably fia was taking examples from how they can uh, in, in in deploy a safety restart at the last lap by taking examples of the previous race but the problem is that if you see the safety restart that happened in baku the overtake was clean we did not have any incident except for unfortunately hamilton going across the gravel trap here since the race track itself is a high speed track and the start finish start is the one where you can obviously race so everybody took a chance and they said oh yeah the speed the speed track if i lose this corner then i would not probably defend or gain a position so that is the reason why we had chaos at at turn 1 turn 2 in australia probably this restart if it was happening say in monaco or any of the street circuit this would have been avoided because hey it is a street circuit you can't really do risky maneuvers and you have to defend your position and save the car so here they thought okay we can race and we can still save the car but unfortunately that didn't happen so it depends on uh, it depends on the race track 
the the people that are involved in the incident and a lot of other other factors before you give a standing restart at the last lap yeah, I, I, it goes back to sunny's point with respect to there was an opportunity people went for it they have to yeah see um Senna once said, right, if you uh, don't go for a gap that exists, you're no longer a racing driver. Mm. Frankly speaking, see, FI has taken some good steps. Remember Potimau? Uh, sorry, uh, I believe it's Imola or Potimau. I just want to confirm. When they had a rolling start and there was a bunch of cars which was piled up because one of the cars was slow, they didn't understand the racing line. FI then shifted from a rolling start to a standing start. They went on to an improvement. This time, what was more, even more funnier was not about the drivers because the drivers, it takes place. The first lap incidents are usual. It's just because you have such narrow margins to play with. You normally have to push that margin further. What was even more interesting was how FI handled it. You see that, okay, a lot of drivers were shuffled up and down when the race was red flag you saw a different standing and when the race restarted you saw a different standing as a viewer and as a spectator it doesn't make sense to me the race should have started with the lining in which the red flag was declared so that is one thing which FIN should see and find how they can improve on the post race or the match lineup match how they fix up for the red flag restart well, I think that grey area is always going to remain. Uh, you know, whichever way, depending on the situation, we might say, hey, they should have gone back or not. But with F1 taking a break for about a month, my last question for each one of you is, what would be the advice you'd be giving different teams in the month that they have so that we can come back to see a lot more action Right in the front, in the middle at least. Middle, I think we'll still continue seeing a lot of action. But as everyone mentioned, the first row, is there going to be a challenge? Are there opportunities? And what advice would you give to teams? Uh, we can probably start off with you, Vignesh. Okay. Uh, to Mercedes, I would say good improvements. Keep keep the work going as Luis says. Let's keep pushing. Let's go for a win. For Ferrari, at least I would say see, maintain the consistency. Not the ones which the fans are seeing, but maintain a consistency which you have always delivered. You have good drivers, you have good uh, team principle, you have some wonderful mechanics. Just stick to the basics and you can come out. Red Bull, they need not given be they, they need not be given any uh, feedback. But yeah, for Aston Martin, have faith in Alonso, have faith in his L plan, and the plan will work. Let's move on to you, Narin. I probably will mirror what uh, Vignesh was saying, but I have to add a few points to probably Ferrari, uh, specifically to Carlos and uh, Leclerc. Just do what you're doing. Don't listen to your race engineers. You'll probably win. <laughs> Thanks for that, Narin. Uh, Twinkle? I'd say what Christian Horner very famously said this year. If you don't like the pace of your car, change your car. And who are you telling that to? Hopefully yeah. not Max Verstappen, because even he's not happy with the pace of his car. I guess everyone other than Max 
Verstappen because other than him, everyone seems to be having good and bad days both. Okay, Sunny, how about you? Yeah, that's yeah. a good advice. Stay silent. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a glitch over here. But Sunny, go ahead. Yeah, my advice would be to the Alpine team. Obviously, disaster for them at the uh, end of the race, and they were actually looking pretty strong. So my advice would be to try and um, overlook this result. Of course, the fifth fastest team. And they do seem to be uh, on track to finish in that position by the end of the year because they are, after all, a, a works team and they have the, the knowledge and the know-how. So tough as it may, easy to be an armchair expert, try and uh, overlook this result, come back in, um, I'll come back for the next race and I'm sure that they will be back on track and probably outscore the other uh, midfield teams. So my advice was to Alpine. And I also have um, an advice for Mercedes because uh, the one driver that really impressed me the most actually this weekend was in fact George Russell. Um, I post my uh, press conference. Uh, George Russell had the best energy out there. He has the most charisma, best energy, and he really talks and looks and speaks like a world champion. Like he really belongs in a top team. So my advice to be would be to Mercedes would be: This is uh, you have shown a lot of potential in this race. Could be a one-off, track-specific. We don't know. Lots more to be seen. But if I had to put money on one team challenging Red Bull this year, that would be Mercedes. Go ahead. With that, thanks a lot for all of you joining in, taking your time out, sharing your thoughts. One advice I have for our viewers is to like, share, subscribe. And, uh, you know, put in your thoughts and comments in the comment section. And we are also now on Spotify. So you can, you know, while you're driving down, you can listen to us. You don't have to just be on YouTube. Uh, with that, once again, thank you. We shall see everyone about a month away from now. We'll see if we can squeeze in our uh, quizzing special that we wanted to do between the racing season. But we'll keep you posted on this channel, so stay clued. Thanks a lot, everyone, once again. Good night.